Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning that no matter what we're facing, God has a plan. You know what? You may be praying to God and feeling like I have to come up with a plan and feeling like you have to solve something, but I want you to know God already has a plan. That's the topic of today's program. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, Mark, before the pandemic, you traveled quite a bit and got to speak in various locations around the world. And recently, you were able to visit the Maranatha Bible and Missionary Center in beautiful Muskegon, Michigan. Now, that was your first time there, right? It was my first time there. I had heard about Maranatha for years. And what a great place. Uh, Families come there from really all over the Midwest. And uh, not only is it a beautiful place right on on the Lake Michigan, uh, but it's also a place where every evening there's solid Bible teaching. Hmm. And so people get to vacation with their family, yet have some great Bible teaching. All right. Well, speaking of planning, God has a plan, and that's the topic of the talk you gave while you were there at Maranatha. You covered the book of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. So here's Mark Job with today's message on the new Bold Steps Weekend. Have you ever had a plan that did not work out? Ever made some plans and you thought, this is a great idea? But you soon discovered it wasn't a good idea after all. Uh, I want to talk to you about plans, and I want to talk to you about, I've entitled this message, God Has a Plan. And I was thinking to myself, uh, I've made a lot of plans over the years. Uh, I was thinking back to my honeymoon. And I, when, I, when I got married, I just stepped into ministry. I was very poor. But I managed to scrounge some money up to get tickets to go to Spain, where I grew up, the country that I grew up. And so my plan was, I told my father if he could leave his car in Madrid and throw a tent in the trunk, and I would take his car, and we would just honeymoon up the coast in a tent, stop where we like it, and I thought that was a good plan. The problem was, is I had tickets to get there. I just didn't have any money once we got there. So my plan was, at the reception, when people give money for the wedding, my plan was to open up the envelopes, hopefully it was in cash, and take that cash with me. Well, people decided to give in check form. Wow. So I I ended up going to, we, 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 tore up all the envelopes. Uh, Very few people gave in cash. It was mainly in checks. And so I went to Spain on my honeymoon with almost no money. And my dad said, don't worry, we'll transfer it over to you. Well, we found out later that Spain didn't have a transfer agreement, so he couldn't transfer it over to us. And so... Um, my whole plan on my honeymoon didn't work out that well. I, I, I did do the tent thing. We would drive. If I liked the spot, I'd pull out the tent, set it up. We went into Italy, and um, 
I had a plan that I thought my Spanish was as good as Italian, because I know Spanish, I figure it's pro- probably the same. And my wife said, she said, my new wife said, well, how are you going to get around there? I said, I know Spanish, don't worry about it, honey, I got this covered. And so I drove in Italy, I was uh, trying to find a camping spot, and I went to the toll booth, and um, I asked the man, where's the camping over here? And he went off in Italian. And my wife said, what did he say? I said, no problem. He said, it's in a town called Ushita. <laughs> so I started driving. I'm driving. I keep seeing Ushita somewhere. I keep driving, driving. After about 30 minutes of driving, I realized Ushita means exit. And... Um, we got at our camping spot at 2 in the morning. She was tired. I was tired. We had our first fight. She won. She's been winning ever since. No. Um, I had a plan, but my plan was not that well figured out. I was praying about what I should teach on this morning, and I actually had a whole different teaching that I had decided that I was going to teach on. And uh, as I was praying this morning, I felt like God wanted to throw that plan away and God had something else. I've actually switched my message this morning because I believe that God has a word for people and I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he leads me in what I should be teaching on. So I am confident this morning that someone here needs to hear this passage. It's found in John chapter 6, verse 1 through 13. Some of you are anxious and upset because you don't know what your current season holds. It may be over a job situation, over a health situation, over an educational situation. You may be looking at the future and feel confused about what you should be doing or overwhelmed by circumstances that are around you. And you try to make some plans. Try to figure it out on your own. And um, I think you need to listen to this message because here's what I want you to know. God does have a plan. You may not know it. You may not understand it. But I want you to know, someone here needs to know, God has a plan. And you need to know that. And in John chapter 6, there's a story, an account Uh, listed in all four of the Gospels. The only miracle that's listed in all four of the Gospels is the resurrection. But besides the resurrection, there's one more miracle found in all four of the Gospels. No other miracles found in all four of the Gospels. This has to be important. This is a compelling miracle. We know it as the feeding of the 5,000. It's found in... Matthew 14, it's found in Mark chapter 6, it's found in Luke chapter 9, and it's also found in John chapter 6. And I'm going to start reading in John chapter 6 verse 1. It says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, 
And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs that he had performed on the sick. So Jesus is, he crosses over the Sea of Galilee. I was just there about three weeks ago. Beautiful, calm Sea of Galilee near the town of Tiberias. He crosses over. People already starting to know that Jesus is a miracle worker. Some of them follow him out of curiosity. They've heard that he touches the deaf and they hear, that he puts his hands on the blind and they see. Uh, other people look at him as a revolutionary. He's the man that's going to take us out of the oppression of the Romans that have conquered us and beat us down. Some people view him as a philosopher. Others as a threat to the religious establishment. And so they're, they're following him to try to catch him in blasphemy, trying to say something. But the curious, the critics, the semi-believers, the seekers are gathering around. Crowds grow because they're following Jesus, not always for the right reasons, not always because they know why, but crowds are growing as they follow Jesus. And so he's now being followed by crowds of people. They've heard of the miraculous signs that he's performed. And it tells us in verse 3, Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. Uh, the Jewish Passover feast was near. Verse 5, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, I want you to know that it tells us in, some, uh, it tells us in another gospel that they were tired. They had uh, been ministering for a long time. It also mentions that there were 5,000 men. Another gospel mentioned that there were specifically 5,000 men, which some scholars believe that that means with women and children, there could have been close to 10,000 to 12,000 people gathered together. This auditorium here holds about 800 people. So multiply that towards about 15 times the number, and you get an idea of the crowd that was coming around Jesus. Out in the open. He had been ministering for a long time. And so Jesus looks at his disciples, his 12 disciples. They're tired. They've been ministering. They've been praying for people. And he turns to his disciples as the crowds are gathering around this massive crowd. It's in the evening time. And he says, hey, how are we going to feed all these people? Anybody here in charge of the kitchen at Maranatha? No, because they're working in the kitchen right now trying to prepare for lunch. It's a massive operation to feed 800 people. It's a lot of work. And so he turns to Philip and he says, hey, Philip, there is a need out there, huge need. How are we going to feed 10,000 people? Now, we don't know exactly what Philip's job was. Uh, a lot of scholars believe that Philip was in the trades. And so I don't know if he was a builder or what trade he was in. We, we, speculation, but most scholars believe he was probably in the trades. So he does some mathematics in his mind, and he basically tells Jesus, he says to him, Jesus looked, saw the crowd. He asked Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He doesn't answer yet, but I want you to notice what verse 6 says. 
Jesus says, he asked this only, listen up, this is huge. He asked him only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Can I tell you something? If Jesus asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he's trying to get you to think through something, to test you, to have you think, to stretch your faith. And so Jesus asked Philip, Philip, what are we going to do? But it's clear in the gospel, Jesus asked him only to test him, but he already knew what he was going to do. Another version of the Bible says, he asked him, but Jesus already had a plan. He already had a plan. I believe that there's some people probably here today that you're trying to figure out what to do. You're wrestling with what is the plan. How are we going to accomplish this? How are we going to do it? I don't see a clear way. I don't see that our resources match the problem or that we have the time, the energy, the ability to fix this situation. And you may be frustrated right now, overwhelmed, trying to figure out the plan. And I want to just put you at ease and say, you know what? You may be praying to God and feeling like I have to come up with a plan and feeling like you have to solve something. But I want you to know God already has a plan. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We're just getting started in John chapter 6 about Jesus' bold miracle plan for feeding the 5,000, and we'll jump back into the second half in just a moment. Did you know that you can hear this program every weekend right here on your local radio station and online 24-7? You can even listen to this program and our sister daily program, Bold Steps with Mark Job, through your smart speakers at home or in the office. To learn more, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, to discover the truth about handling impossible situations, here again is Mark Job in a message titled, God Has a Plan. I want you to know a couple things about this plan. God has a plan, and I want you to remember a couple things about this plan. If you're taking notes, write this down. God has a plan that will often bring us to seemingly impossible situations. You see, it was God's plan, it was God's leading to bring Philip to a situation and ask him a question that seemed impossible. Philip, how are we going to feed these 10,000 people? It felt like Jesus was putting that responsibility on his shoulders, but Jesus already had a plan. And so I want you to understand that you may be in the center of God's will, You may be right where God wants you to be and still overwhelmed. I was talking to a young mother the other day. She's got four children, couldn't have children, adopted her first child, and then God opened her womb, and she had three children right in a row. So there's four children under the age of six. And she said, this wasn't in our plan. She's absolutely overwhelmed, absolutely overwhelmed. And I had to say, you know, it wasn't in your plan, but here's what I want you to know. But, but it was in God's plan. 
If God opened up the door, then God is also going to provide what's needed. You feel overwhelmed. You think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to survive sleepless? Kids pulling on my constantly. How are we going to make it? But hey, God has a plan. And I want you to know this, that God oftentimes leads us to situations that seem virtually impossible to us, but it, we're in the center of the will of God. Sometimes I run into people that think that when they're in a situation that's very difficult, very challenging, that somehow they may be out of the will of God. That somehow they missed it. If, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling challenged, if you can't figure out how to solve the problem of the future, you think, well, I must have missed the mark. Because we tend to have this idea that if we're in the will of God, that if we've listened to the voice of God, that we're never going to be stressed, that we're always going to know the solutions, that we're never going to be tested, that everything's going to go fine and rosy for us. And I'm convinced that the will of God sometimes is through the valley of testing and difficulty. Sometimes the will of God takes us to the cross. Sometimes the will of God takes us to the storm. Sometimes the will of God takes us right to a place of testing. So just because you're overwhelmed this morning, just because you may be frustrated a little bit, not knowing what the plan is for the future, doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It could mean that you're smack in the center of where God wants you to be. But God wants, you to, God wants to teach you some things in the middle of this. So he took the 12 disciples right to the middle of an impossible situation. And he asked them, what are you going to do about it? I want you to notice Philip's answer in verse 7. Philip's answer, he looks at the crowd, he looks at the incredible uh, mouths to feed, the logistics of it, how could this be done? And he answers Jesus this, eight months of wages would not buy enough bread for each of us to have even a little bite. He's a logistical thinker. He starts doing the math. He looks at the crowd and he tells Jesus, Jesus, even if we had enough resources, I'm thinking uh, what he would be thinking in his mind. How many of you are logistical thinkers here? It's part of your job. And so you're thinking, all right, 10,000 people, it's going to cost us about eight months of wages. We'd have to have bakeries that were open at this time. We'd have to have bakers that were willing to come out and bake the bread. That would take a couple of hours. We'd have to have donkeys to load the bread to bring them to this place. That's going to take a while to amass that amount of donkeys. We'd have to find the saddles to be able to put that in. He's making, he's doing the math in his head, and he's thinking, Jesus, this is logistically impossible. Can't be done. Crazy idea. In fact, it tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, it doesn't tell us that it was Philip, but it says that one of the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, just send them away. Send them away. It's not our problem. They need to go find their own restaurant. Maybe a Denny's is open still at this time of the night. I mean... Jesus confronts a problem, 
massive need that's there, puts Philip in the middle of it, and then turns to his disciples and say, what are we going to do about it? You know, I believe that God has a plan and he's preparing you and your circumstances in advance. The beautiful thing, listen, the beautiful thing about Jesus and the beautiful thing about you if you're a child of the living God is that there is nothing in your life that has surprised God. About four years ago, I was at a conference and speaking at a conference in Southern California and we gathered together with a group of people and the group of people gathered some pastors of some larger churches together and their topic was succession. And I was like, I'm not going to go to that. I'm young. I'm not even thinking of succession. That's not even on my radar. But you know what? I went, I went anyways. And um, as I was there, something struck me. I felt compelled after that meeting that I needed to start. For some reason, I couldn't let go of it. I felt like I needed to start making a transition and thinking if I were to die tomorrow, how would this ministry do? If I were to transition to raise leaders overseas, how would this ministry do? And I'd never thought that way before. And I went back home and I wrote down seven areas of transition that I wanted to make over the next three and a half years. And I started working on those areas of transition, working people into certain positions, working myself out of certain jobs. Now, I had no plan to leave, no plan to change, no plan to go anywhere. In my, I just thought, I need to do this. I felt like I need to do this. It took me three and a half years to transition. And I was transitioning in a way that if I wanted to, I could step out for three months, six months, nine months at a time, and that things would just keep flowing because people were in place, preachers were in place. Uh, this is a large multi-site church. We have 27 locations, 150 people on staff. And so I was transitioning those ways, just getting ready for that, making sure it was prepared. And about the time I had completed the plan, I get a call from Moody Bible Institute. Now, the cynic would say, well, that's a nice coincidence. No, 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 that's not a nice coincidence. That is that God already had a plan. Now, he didn't make me privy to the plan. I didn't know about the plan. I wasn't cued in on the plan. But as I look back, I realize God already had a plan. He was already in advance preparing me for something that I didn't even know he was preparing me for. So God in his sovereignty already had a plan. Philip did not know that God had a plan, but he had a plan. So write this down. God has a plan and it'll often bring us to seemingly impossible situations. Number two, the second thing I want you to know about the plans of God is that God has a plan and it will test the very source of our confidence and dependence. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. As a listener-supported ministry, we rely on the voluntary donations of friends like you who share our vision. You can give a one-time gift or sign up to become a Bold Steps partner by committing to give a monthly gift of any amount. 
For either partnership opportunity, just click the Donate button on our website, boldstepsweekend.org. And when you give a gift of any amount today, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of our latest Bold Action Gift. And here's Mark to tell you more about it. With everything that's happening in our country today, the continuing COVID crisis, lockdowns, political upheavals and pandering, do you ever feel exhausted or overwhelmed in your Christian walk and witness? Well, if you feel like no matter what you do or what you say is only going to make things worse, let me recommend a book by Randy Alcorn that's bound to help you overcome this debilitating mindset. It's called The Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-Like Balance. And you'll discover a brilliant two-point checklist that lays out how God wants you to engage and respond to these worldly issues in a matter that's worthy. In our latest bold action gift, you can ask for your copy of this insightful and engaging read when you give a financial gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call us at 866-535-5580. Again, that's 866-535-5580. Or request a book by Randy Elkhorn when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. And then don't forget, there are a variety of ways you can connect with us each day. If you're going to our website or connecting with us in our social media platforms, we'd love to hear from you. To find us on social media, just log in and search for Bold Steps Radio. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next weekend when Mark continues this discussion. Our message is titled, God Has a Plan, and you'll learn more about it right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.